Welcome in everybody, Nerdicons. We're back. We took a week off. Easter week. Why not take a week off? Uh, I am your host, Russell. With me as always are my partners in crime coming at us live from Texas. Damien, mm-hmm. say hello. The man, the man from the past uh, has a bone to pick with one John Walker. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get into that very shortly. Oh, man. Ah. Uh. And as always, he's back. His episode streak has ended. I am now the Cal Ripken of this podcast. <laughs> um, Carl, say hi. Hi, everyone. I really missed you. Did you miss me? Probably not. <laughs> but I really missed you. How are we? Uh, d- d- did you hear me try to do your outro? I think you, I think you did a good job. Did I? Did I? I'm not yeah, going to do yeah. it again. I will never do it again. That that is Carl's and Carl's alone. Yeah, we um, could never do it justice at all. So. <laughs> we tried. Um, I, I think you did. You did a very honorable attempt. So good. we got we got two weeks of stuff to catch up on. So let's catch up with each other first. Mm-hmm. And then, I think, what, we got three episodes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to talk about? Man, listen. Let's unload. Yeah. All right. So, fellas, Damien, let, you got a lot of stuff going on this week. Yeah, I mean. Podcasts, and, and, and yeah. you kind of got a, got a preview of something that, you know, I did. I I, I got an a, a access uh, an access to the Mortal Kombat movie. I'll just say that. And as many of you know who listen to the show, I have been on this bandwagon train since the trailer dropped, and I was pained that it was delayed one week. But alas, I did not fret because I wound up getting access to an early copy because it was released in Thailand. A couple of days ago, and once that got cleared, I was able to procure uh, through backwards channels an international viewing copy <laughs> legally, legally, um, you know, through through other work. And let me tell y'all, minor spoiler, minor, very minor. It is not a one hundred percent accurate arcade depiction from the first Mortal Kombat game. Mm. So temp- temper your expectations in that realm. So if you've played the game and you've done the whole, like the actual canon of the original, the first Mortal Kombat game, this does not follow that script. So I'm just putting it out there for all of you now. It doesn't fit that script. But mm. it does make use of its R rating very well, in my opinion. Uh, the fatalities were as good as you could possibly do, given it's a mix between live action and CGI cinematics. Uh, do I think the hardcore Mortal Kombat fans are going to complain? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, me personally, as someone who liked Mortal Kombat, the first movie, as well as the first two games, and then kind of fell off until the reboot. I appreciate the work done with this cast and crew. Uh, I really appreciated it. 
because you could tell they cared about the characters. I would I can honestly say this is the most accurate character depictions without being over the top cartoony, if that makes sense. There's no Christopher Lambert hamming it up style mm. in this movie. This is as grounded, with the exception of maybe Kano, as you could possibly be while watching this movie. So I, I, I implore people when it comes out, uh, you know, in theaters here in America, as well as on, uh, uh, was it HBO Max? Enjoy it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. So we'll, we'll talk more in detail in a couple of weeks. I don't want to spoil it. There's still two weeks left. But I loved it, and I'm amped to see it again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish I had an HBO Max to see it, because now I'm interested. Well, if you want, Carl, once, once it comes out, I can let you access my HBO Max account if you want. That's totally up to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my call. That <laughs> is totally up to you. That is somebody else's deal. <laughs> so, I mean, what else you got going on this week, Damien? I mean, well, it's a pretty since big the last time I talked to y'all, yeah, yeah, last time I talked to y'all, I uh, got COVID shot one. Ooh. I uh, didn't, unfortunately, I did not get mutant powers. I really was hoping to get mutant powers, um, specifically teleportation, because Kirk Wagner is my guy. But I felt fine. After the first two days, I wasn't really in a lot of discomfort. My arm was super sore because uh, I stupidly tried to do bicep curls the next morning, and that didn't work out for me. Uh, but aside from that, I had minor facial aching uh, as like when I had COVID the first time. Hmm. Uh, felt like a, a facial cramp was happening. No dizziness, no chills, no shakes, none of that. Uh, and then by about two days of just taking it easy, uh, just pacing myself, I was fine. Uh, aside from that, it's WrestleMania week, and I have been trying to delve into five or six hours worth of independent wrestling at a time in 45-minute chunks for other work. And uh, it's not fun, man. It's not fun to try to smush everything you know, in, in a in a bite-sized morsel when there's so much wrestling happening. And and Russ knows when WrestleMania week gets here, uh, the, especially the indies and, and WWE go coup for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, this past Wednesday, we at Free Play Arcade had our Wrestling Wednesday, and our <laughs> we actually have a de facto wrestling correspondent that was at uh, AEW reporting in live, actually, while it was going on. And then at uh, a couple of indie events, he's been reporting back uh, what's been happening uh, for the most part, even though Florida is going to Florida, he said that there was, <laughs> there were vaccination stations for people in Florida to get vaccinated. And ironically enough in Tampa where he was, he didn't see a lot of people taking them up on that offer. So Florida is going to Florida kids. But aside from that, uh, I've been just busy work, workout, work, <laughs> uh, podcast, uh, do voiceover work and uh, do this show and, and watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because let me tell y'all to hell with John Walker. That guy could go jump off the bridge and I would not care. 
which means the actor Wyatt Russell is doing a magnificent job, just as Daniel Bruhl is doing a magnificent job as the hip hop dancing, uh, now 60 minute meme of him dancing on the dance floor, Baron Zemo. Uh, this this series, and I've said this before, and we'll get into it. The Marvel series series have been <laughs> phenomenally acted just from an, from an acting perspective, you know, and we talk about kind of tr- trying to shoehorn everything in a two hour movie. Now that you're able to flesh out these characters a little bit more over the course of what, maybe like a six hour, seven hour miniseries. It's so much better in terms of pacing and digestion for me. Uh, I'm glad they took, we have Disney plus for this route, but, uh, the final two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to be uh, explosive is the word I'm going to use. But here we are. It's a Friday where we're recording this. I'm glad to be back with the fellas. And uh, let's have a good show. Carl? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's your turn. Hi. <laughs> uh, I, too, got my first COVID shot. I didn't have any weird facial things, but my... First time in my life I I got a shot, my arm was so incredibly sore. Like, it was, like, super sore. Um, Other than that, I've just really been working, taking photos. That's really about it. And watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, That's really about it. I wish I had something more exciting to tell you guys, but, uh, you know. I watched a documentary about... uh, Soli mer, mer, uh, Moon Soli Fry. Soli mm-hmm. Moon Fry. Interesting, interesting documentary. I won't, I won't burn it like another podcast did, but I, I found it interesting. Um, and then somehow I let it play and wound up watching a documentary about. Uh, and this is all on Hulu about teenage girls forced to into marriage. And it was incredibly disturbing mm. in the U.S. In the U.S., not like overseas. Oh, you have to be for marry this man in like some other country or something like that. No, this is the U.S. Like it's nuts, nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what documentary you're talking about, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I can I can imagine. Um. Yeah. So, are, are is that it? That 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 that's all you did for two weeks? I mean, besides getting food poisoning from Vietnamese food. Ooh. Why I couldn't make it to the show because I was literally pissing out my ass. Anyway. <laughs> um. And then, uh, you know, holiday and everything. Uh, really, not not much. Not much. Just working both jobs. Got a new supervisor. He's a, seems like a cool dude. Doesn't seem like no, he's a cool guy. So, um, nothing too exciting. I wish I did. I wish I had some crazy, uh, some crazy thing. Um, sad to say that, unfortunately. Um, DMX passed away today, which is kind of yeah. kind of sad. Um, I mean, I didn't know him personally. I enjoyed some of his music. Well, j- just think about this. Mm. DMX 
And Prince Philip will forever be connected in history. That is odd, but true. Yeah. Yeah, Same day, right? Same day. And and now we're waiting for the third one. As morbid as that sounds. Because it happens in threes, right? It happens in threes. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. (laughs) So... I, I guess it's my turn. Yes, sir. I mean, no, it's the ghost behind you's turn. You're the only one that slept. Well, I didn't know if you were done. <laughs> I was done, man. Dude. I was done. You want me to go home um, um, uh, um, a little bit um, longer? Um, like, uh, <laughs> Hemming and Hall. So, yeah. so I got some more PCS statues. Woo! Ooh, nice. I, I, I got the I got I got the uh the Transformer Starscream. I'm sorry, what? Transformers. Oh, I heard you. That's why I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. Starscream, Bumblebee, and 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 one Grimlock. Um, I will show them to you later. Since we're not a video podcast, it really doesn't matter if I show the people, but I'll show you guys in a little bit. Um, I also did I get something else? I thought I got something else. I'm not sure. No, I, I do. I did have some pre-orders at Big Bad Toy Store coming in, which they should be delivered soon. I've made another payment on my Captain Rex hot toy. Nice. Should be coming soon as well. And just waiting for, you know, the taxes to be paid on my deluxe Mando and, and the, the, you know, just the the $13 in taxes that I need to pay. And, you know, it'd be nice if they ship that. Uh, gonna, gonna wait and hope on that. Um, <laughs> uh, did we, in my local, we got a new local comic shop. Oh, that's um, cool. As many of you know, I have bemoaned the current selection of comic book stores in my local area. Because as many of you know, comic book stores not only carry comic books, they they carry collectibles, and usually collectibles that you know GameStop or 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 even Walmart and and Target don't get. Right. And you have to pay a little more, obviously, but you know one of the, one of the stores is just like they don't get inventory at all. They rely on people to come trade in stuff, so it's basically a swap meet. They belong in a flea market. Um, and then the other one has basically shut its doors for the last year. And during that time, they have decided to buy the building next door and open a wrestling school. So I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Oh, I haven't told you about this. I thought, no, yes. One of our local schools, (laughs) um, they, they don't have the best they they don't use distributors for their stuff they've always gone and bought out the 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 it's actually kind of funny to watch them compete for this stuff with the with the uh with the toy local toy photographers mm. and so they would they would but they've been banned from most stores because they figured out what what was going on with them and and so They, with COVID, they decided to go to appointment only, which many comic book stores have done. 
And it's like, okay, so I don't really go to these stores to buy something. And I'm not going to make an appointment to go into your overpriced store. But they bought the neighbor. Like it's, it was, it's a building that has been subdivided like a, like a, like a duplex in a way. And so over the last year, they've decided to open a wrestling school inside the building. So, yeah, they remember all the remember when F I don't know if you have an FYE in where you guys live. I remember FYE. But well, recently FYE had a bunch, like about two, three years ago, had a had a big wrestling section, right? Mm-hmm. And they had these pro wrestling candy bars, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was like, oh, here's the milk chocolate flavor with you know, Bailey is milk chocolate, and 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 Finn Balor is is dark chocolate, uh, you know, all this kind of diff- different kinds of chocolate bars. And so FYE was selling these things, things exclusively, and they had window banners for each one of the uh, one of the bars. So apparently, this rest, they, they went to FYE, bought these banners off FYE, and they are in the front of their wrestling school. So you know, there's a wrestling school there, and they have a sign out front and everything. And I'm like, okay, so you guys aren't going to be trying to get more collectibles into your store. And this is also a guy who said, well, we don't sell statues because nobody likes to buy statues or who, who would buy hot toys. I mean, nobody likes to buy that stuff. They just focus on action figures and vintage stuff. So those were basically the two comic book stores we had. And so what was it? Two years ago, Carl, we interviewed... JD, I, I interviewed JD Sutfin, who runs the lo- my my local Comic Con, right? Yeah, yeah. It was that about two years ago? So Big Lick Comic Con is what it's called, and it's it's a fantastic. They they've ex- they've only been doing it for three years, and they've gone from like you know one day to now they do a big three day event in in less than three years, and it's been amazing. Uh, at the last show, they had um they had the cast of the never ending story and they had Jim Cummings come in and one what? of the, and, and one of the power Rangers. So that, that's the kind of guests they're getting. And the last one I went to, they had James Marsters from Buffy, the vampire slayer and mm-hmm. uh, Jason David Frank from power Rangers. Right. And so that, that, that just shows you how, how much this comic con has grown. And they just announced their first guest for uh, the August show, which I'll talk about in a minute because I have now a dilemma to do. But um, so he decided to open a comic book shop. Okay. And and they've been teasing it. It's Big Lick Comics is what it's called. They opened it up. And it does, when you walk, I, I went to the store this week, and it's it's a fantastic store. Um, it's just really good to have something like that. They have a section of collectibles. They have, they have, I mean, they have a, a large selection of comics. They even have a front area for kids. 
where you could buy little mm-hmm. golden books and stuff like that based on comic book characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and kids' toys, like the Titan Hero series toys and whatnot. And it doesn't, you know how you, sometimes you go into local places and they feel like, oh, you're like, yeah, this is kind of local. Right. You go into this place and it feels like a chain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very clean. It's very upkept. They have a nice, they have probably the size of your living room wall an Alex Ross painting from Marvel's. That somebody put on the wall. It's it's a real. I, I didn't want to go in there taking pictures and taking video and send to you guys because it's just like I don't really know if they would like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's what and and they have little little gondolas in the middle, um, with action figures and stuff. And I saw some action figures in the wild for the first time that I've never seen before because they've been bought out everywhere else. Right. And so it's it's really good. I went in there and and. I'll definitely be going back. Um, it's a gr- it's a good comic store. Problem is, it's ten miles away on the other side of town. Which you're a lot of you are like probably like wait, the other side of town is ten miles away. <laughs> yes, I am not in a large place. No, um, you're not. Yeah. So, you know, I went there and 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 so that opened and and congratulations to to them on opening that. And then also this week they announced for the Big Lit Comic Con that the Armorer is coming. They booked um, her name. I believe the actress's name is Emily Swallow. And she played the Armorer on The Mandalorian. Hmm. So now I have a dilemma. It's like I was going to sell my Black Series figures, but now I'm like, oh, maybe I should just buy a ticket and buy a pass and have her sign my black series figure. What think you? I said, keep it good. So <laughs> go sit in line. Yeah. Honestly, so, yeah. So yeah, that, 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 that's, Oh, and you know, I, I, I went a little too long on that. I didn't want to go as long as I did uh-huh. on that description, but, um, also this week I watched uh started watching uh the Mighty Ducks show. Game oh, Changers. How is that? Ah, uh, it's cute. It's cute. It's, it's cute. It's a kid. It's for kids. It doesn't convince me to watch. It's for kids. It's oh, for kids. It's straight up kids. Yeah, it's it's my 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 oldest relates to it because the kids are in middle school and he's in middle school. Mm. So, you know, it's it's a little I mean I, I don't know the world of travel. Oh, well, I do know the world of uh, club sports, travel sports, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's a, it hits a little close to home, but but you know it's fun. Um, the kids are <laughs> there's some kids in there. It's it's interesting what they what they say and how they say. I'm like, mm, do kids really talk like this? Um, and then I also watched Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. Oh, that? I saw that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it because I don't have HBO. Not the best of the series. Oh, really? It's not the worst of the series. Kong got robbed, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> he was robbed, I tell you. Robbed. Um, I, do, I do think Skull Island and King of Monsters was better. Mm-hmm. I think. 
I think the humans in those movies actually had motivation and something to do. Um, I just kind of wondered with this, what what's going on with the people? I don't I don't get it. I mean, some of the things I thought were neat, like uh, oh, Kong learned sign language. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I see, I see what they're saying. They're doing here. They're trying to make him relatable and to other gorillas that we've seen in pop or in the news and media and all that. And that's fine. The action sequences were, I mean, second to none. I mean, they just, the fight, hats off to the mocap people who did those fight scenes. Because I think they were done through mocap. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't the best movie. It wasn't. I've seen many, many more worse movies. Um, in fact, Godzilla for one is 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 worse. I own many of those worst movies, like Masters of the Universe. Um, no holds barred. <laughs> but wait a it, you minute, know, Masters of the Universe and No Holds Barred. That's a odd comparison. I don't know. I don't know why they came up. I know why Noel's Bard came up. Well, yeah, you do, but um, I think I think it's a bad movie. I think I think you're a little Mm -hmm. salty. (laughs) I'm a little salty. I'm not salty. I don't. (laughs) Look, here's the thing: if you review a movie like Mac and Me, and then Mm. you're gonna say No Holds Bard is too bad for you to review, you Mm. need to check yourself at the door. Wait a minute. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Because Mac right, and me. Damien, we'll explain. <laughs> off I, 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 we're throwing some shade. We're th- throwing some shade at somebody who will never listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't listen. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed King of Monsters. It was, if it's the last one, fine. I, I mean, I think. Warner Brothers has done a better job of their MonsterVerse with their MonsterVerse than they have with DC. Mm. Just saying. Um, it was better than Dawn of Justice, in my opinion. I don't know how Damien feels about it, but... Uh, Ooh, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I, I did go there. I went there. Ooh. <laughs> Are we talking about the theatrical cut or the updated cut from... Oh, did I say Dawn of Justice? I meant Justice League. Oh, okay. I I meant Zack Snyder's Vanity Project. Wait, you thought... What? You thought... thought, Time out. I I I didn't almost fall asleep in Kong vs. Godzilla. Or Godzilla vs. Kong, however you want to... Okay, that that is certainly a choice. I will say that. (laughs) Certainly a choice, sir. It's also not a hill I'm going to die on. (laughs) I adore you, but uh, they both weren't great. <laughs> I, I, I I thought Kong, Godzilla versus Kong was going to be the best movie, popcorn movie Warner Brothers yep. put out this year. But from what Damien's saying, it might be Mortal Kombat. It so. might be Mortal Kombat, y'all. Just saying. Just saying. Um, if you're waiting on Dune to be that movie, it ain't going to be Dune. Dune's probably going to tank. It might be a good movie. Who knows? But it's probably going to be very slow, and it's going to tank. It's not. People aren't going to want to see it. That's a shame. Because what if it is really good? It might be. I'm not saying it won't be. 
I'm just saying it's probably not going to do well box office wise or even streaming wise. Uh, what did I, well, I, I lost my train of thought. Dune, Snyder, Godzilla, Kong, and I guess we're transitioning on to, uh, yeah, I got in the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> quickly yeah, though, quick, quickly though, uh, just um, to touch on some things. Did uh, I don't know if Damien saw it, but Russ, the uh, Hot Toys uh, announced and dropped photos of their comic book uh, line yes. Iron Man. I did which see is that. Sixties based on the sixties suit. I, I did see that. I think it's an interesting Iron Man. Mm. I do like the design. I'm not sure. I mean, the the plastic shell, the clear plastic shell, is an interesting aesthetic choice. Yeah, I don't necessarily get that. Let me see if I can pull it up so Damien can see it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's what two different versions. Uh, I. Th- think there's a deluxe the deluxe version is four hundred and five dollars. I think that also comes besides with the, like the crazy diorama base comes with like a bunch of different swapo armors and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm not diving into the comics line. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me see. I can. Sh- th- I got the. The collector's edition coming up on screen here soon, so Damien can see it. But is it? It's oh, are you seeing my screen? No, not yet. Yep, there you go. Oh, so like, yeah, this is you can see the plastic shell, mm-hmm. and that, that that's what it looks like full size. I'll bring up, Ooh, try to bring up. this is pretty. Oh, come on, man. This detail. What? Come on, man. Well, I mean, I think it's different. Like, that's an that's an adaptable, like a removable piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you see his face changes, too. Yeah, he's got, like, the... See, look, here's everything. Diecast. Mm. Yeah, it's, is it diecast? Yeah, it's diecast. Pretty Are sure you sure? It's oh, it is. It says diecast. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was diecast or not, but like you yeah, got that bad boy's gonna be four. heavy. <laughs> yeah, this is, that's why it costs so much. Supposedly. <laughs> like it's craftsmanship. I mean, it is. Who's the designer behind it? It's like I forget what Plus Pie Studio. Like he's on Instagram or something, and he's like he does all these like crazy, like manga. Or I, I looked him up, but yeah, this is that that's the collector's edition, deluxe version is four hundred five, and it it comes with extra. Won't let me go through. Like, see, the whole plastic part is not fully removable. Like, if it was fully removable, it comes with this. Uh, Diorama base for an extra twenty five bucks, or yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks awesome. I just don't understand what the clear, clear parts are. Like, what is the yeah, point? Is it to make it shiny? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That would be my guess. But, I mean, you've got till July of 2022 to decide if you want it. All right. So, no more sharing my screen. We're back. Um, they also released uh, Batman Begin, uh, re-releasing Batman Begins. Batman. Oh yeah, and the Tumblr. And the Tumblr, yeah. And then Hasbro. Hasbro had a lot of stuff to announce today. Yeah, I didn't see it at all, but I, I could saw... say. Okay. Mm, I saw how they were going to get around that, uh, like the likeness rights, for one Sasha Banks on her. Costco Reeves Black Series figure. Oh, they're I saw out. you post that. I laughed when I saw the photo. <laughs> I mean, I hey, just don't put her head on it. I mean, it's just don't have but you know people aren't going to buy it. Oh, yeah. People will buy it, and then they'll buy a Sasha Banks figure and paint the hair and put it on her. Pretty much. I mean, that's what I'd do. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, I'll... kids. Whatever I didn't see do. any of the any of the Star Wars announcements. I did see um, the G.I. Joe uh, six-inch Snake Eyes movie figures, pictures of those, and I could say that I am not excited at all. It kind of makes me leery of the movie. Are you not excited for the pictures, or are you not excited for the or the toys, or does that way you just... It's a combination of like I really don't like the costume designs, and uh, that which then makes me not like excited for the toys or the movie. And what well, I, I just... don't. Sorry. No, I. It's one of my biggest things. I, I have to wonder. Ask someone out there. Can anybody please tell me why Hasbro? And whatever movie company this is with just can't design a Storm Shadow costume where he just looks like a ninja. Yeah, they have to give him that that little butt cape. They have to give him like that J-pop like trench coat. Yeah. Like in the first movie? Yeah. It almost Mm -hmm. looks like a same kind of costume. And I'm just kind of like, why can't he look just like a ninja? Like, what's wrong with the ninja? Him <laughs> looking like a ninja, <laughs> like you know what I mean? That's what everybody wants. Or something. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like, just make him look like a badass ninja, not a guy with a katana, a ski mask, and a white trench coat. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, why did they keep doing that? Why? Storm Shadow's design is just so simple and. There's so much in the simplicity of it. Yeah, it's it, like you can't like. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a- like, OK, OK. So going talking about costumes and going with the MCU stuff, right? You know, the MCU is like, OK, I can tell where this comes from. The, the design of the comic book costumes are are just simple and very easy because, you know, people have to draw them. 
Yeah. But the MCU costume designs make the um make the costumes a little more how do you say textured and real world? No, relevant. definitely more more realistic, not like corny or cheap looking. But I don't I mean, I would understand them maybe redesigning Destro's costume. Cause who no, cause he's got who walks around bare chested like that? He's got um, <laughs> me when it's me when it's ninety five degrees. I mean, with a deep V and a and a big red collar. But um, I would so do that too if I had to. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I mean, if I had the abs for it, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, bonk the abs. I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my uh, my lower belly fat just hang there. Cause I'm like <laughs> but when you look at Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. It's it's part of the beauty in their character design is their simplicity. Yes. And their simplicity is very easily translated to real world. Well, be, think of it this way, too. Like, remember Spy versus Spy? Yes. That's how I viewed Snake Eyes and Storm, you know, Storm Shadow when I was a kid. For me, they were Spy versus Spy in the, in the G.I. Joe universe. Ninja and, versus Ninja. Yeah, that's it. But yet, why do you want to? It's like Ken and Ryu. Do you really want to make them that different? You know, I can understand Ken and Ryu are on the same team, so to speak. But Akuma is the evil rendition of those two, but they don't make them, you know, like, I don't know. You could have just differentiated them just by color and just. Right. I, I'm, I'm an old school purist in that regard. And sometimes when you update something to make the two similar yet different, you wind up losing the charm. When mm. you first start doing it in the first place. Well, it's like Carl's talking about. He's like, they look like a pop star. And, you know, from, you know, the Asian pop music, how they're yeah. all it. And it's like, when has a ninja ever thought to be fashionable? It's I think that would be ninja. the lowest thing on a ninja's list <laughs> of things to do is be fashionable. I mean... Even the ninja ninja supposed turtles, to be stealthy. <laughs> yeah, even the Ninja Turtles who are teenagers run around naked. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I never really thought about that. It's like they wear everything but the clothes. They got the knee pads and the mask. <laughs> they don't have any underwear. <laughs> I mean, hopefully the story is good enough to overlook the design. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. But like, and it is called. Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins, so maybe we'll get to more faithful, real-world versions of their costumes. And F, this movie well, does I good. I saw, I saw the Baroness. Is the Baroness in this movie? Mm-hmm. Because they released a toy, and... Yeah, is that Sienna the Miller played the Baroness. Well, yeah, but I, I think we have a Baroness in this movie, too. Yeah, we do. There's a Baroness... And Scarlet are in the Snake Eyes movie. Well, yes, Samara Weaving yes. is playing Scarlet. And an unknown actress that I've never heard of is playing the Baroness. Now that I look at it on IMDb. Um, but I was looking at, like, what's with the haircut? Mm. I don't. I, I, just, not... I just realized this movie got moved up. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was when coming out. When is it coming out? Uh, July twenty third, twenty twenty one. 
Oh my god! It was god. supposed to be October. Oh my gosh, it's coming well, out it, like two weeks well, after Black Widow. But wasn't it? Or have already? It wasn't supposed to have come out already. And I then think they it switched it back last year. Yeah. <laughs> Because Jurassic World Dominion was supposed to come out this year, but they pushed it back to last year because they couldn't film last year. Next year. This is going to bomb. Oh, Snake Eyes? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. And I love me some Snake Eyes, but this is going to so bomb. They just just can't get it right. Why? How? How do you fuck this up? Well, it's pretty like easy because most people in Hollywood hate America. That's this why. is true. This is true. <laughs> this is actually a true thing. Yes, because if so, because it's GI Joe, a real American hero, and so that doesn't play America. well in China. <laughs> yeah, we'd be <laughs> alienating everyone if we did that. Yeah, and I mean, it's like okay, guys, come on. I mean, to be fair, we did get our. G.I. Joe movie with Team America World Police. So, Wow, that was probably a better G.I. Joe movie than what we got with Channing Tatum twice. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> it mm. was a better G.I. Joe movie than the actual G.I. Joe movie. Honestly, I, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any, like, that's the thing. And, and we, we're going to keep doing this with all these properties, and we will constantly do it till We've been we've been spoiled the last what twelve years now. Yep. I mean, with with the MCU, we've been absolutely spoiled, and the only and that reason is is because Kevin Feige is a gigantic fan, mm. and he has gone out there and and absolutely killed it. And so we expect, and we probably shouldn't, we expect somebody like Zack Snyder to go with the same love and care and stewardship that a Kevin Feige goes into, the, into, into pr- approaches this with. But, but no, Zack Snyder's more worried about doing what he wants to do. Let me do what I want to do. I'm an artist. And, and I think that's a trap. All of these movies have fallen into. Look at the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. It's like the first Ninja Turtles movie it, back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, whatever, whenever it came out, was done with love and care because the creators of Ninja Turtles were involved. And now, as you see, the further and further away we've got from Eastman and Laird, the Ninja Turtles are looking less and less like the Ninja Turtles we remember. Mm. Um, oh, that's without question because I went, you know what it was? I watched the first Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. And while on one hand, I know it was meant to be a little bit more family friendly. Remember when the turtles first came out, they were in the cartoon form. They mm-hmm. were a lot more grittier, mm-hmm. you know, streetwise turtles, you know? And I know back in the eighties with the Saturday morning cartoon, that's what a lot of us who didn't read the right. comics got brought up on but mm. if it's not close to the source material and you're deviating from it, you're just it's like street fighter when they did that movie they took that that intellectual property that license right. 
and decide to comic comical it up and make it corny and campy when it really wasn't meant to be corny and campy. Right. And that's why a lot of us, I mean, now it's kind of a cult classic because of Raul Julia's performance, but things like that make you go, Ugh. which is why I want to go back really quick to the, the new Mortal Kombat movie. In right. my opinion, these people who worked on this film actually cared about the, the property. So right. they're paying homage to these characters that they're portraying and they're shooting this, they shot this movie as a, not a love letter, but more, okay, we want to make the hardcore fans happy while putting our own spin on it, but not making it stupid. Right. And that I felt mm. that that's what they succeeded at. Unlike the Turtles movies with Michael Bay, unlike the latter Transformers movies with Michael Bay. Right. It's a Transformer. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost as if they just said, yeah, F it. We're just going to sell toys and, you know, just be corny with it. And it, right. it's like, no, man, you get, you you have to handle it a little bit more with care. And I think that's what the first Mortal Kombat movie got right back in 1995 is that it was handled with care mm-hmm. by the majority of the actors, you know, who, who were in that. Because Paul W.S. Anderson, say what you want about the Resident Evil movies. He does make decent action gaming movies. And he does take a look at the source material. Do I have a problem with him trying to fit his wife in and everything? Yeah, sure. Why not? But overall, he doesn't make a, maybe the last Resident Evil movie really sucked. But before that, he did a good job with the license. And it's why I, I worry about, like, they announced the director of, uh, Kong Godzilla versus Kong is bit Warner brothers is asking him to develop Thundercats mm. for live action. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, my first question would be to this guy. Are you a fan? Have you watched the 1986 series? Shoot. Have, have you, did watched, you watched the 2012 series? Have you watched the one, the, the later series? Because if you haven't and you don't, love these characters don't do it don't do it because it's clear to me that the last time they tried to do anything with thundercats which was thundercats roar was it's like dude you've lost the complete you know yeah sure you're telling the story you're basically the you know you've lost the idea of thundercats you can't teen titans go thundercats which I kind of forgot about that series. Mm-hmm. So thank you for thank you for giving me a, <laughs> well, a sad, everybody's going to forget about it pretty soon because it's been canceled. Thank God. Because nobody watched it. And it's like, it's like, I see cartoon network doing the same thing, which ironically cartoon network is run by Warner brothers. <laughs> and, so we're going to oh, get the smatter cut of Thundercats is what you're telling me. Well, no, no, no. What I mean is, the Dark Knight was a huge success. Yes. For Warner Brothers. Probably the biggest success Warner Brothers has had in years. Probably since the 1989 act. Hmm. And so Warner Brothers has done nothing with their DC properties but try to mimic that. And what they try to do with on Cartoon Network is two of their biggest hits have been Adventure Time mm-hmm. and Teen Titans Go. 
So all they've done on Cartoon Network is try to mimic that. Right. And it doesn't work. You cannot take Thundercats and make them into this silly animation style and goof it around. It's like the same thing with Superman. You can't take Superman and remove all color from, you know, you know, you can't take, I mean, it worked for wonder woman. Granted, I think the setting helped out with it being in world war one, which was a very dark and dreary time anyway. And you always think of, Oh, world war one probably didn't have much color in it, but you know, world war one was probably like, you know, you go outside, look the same outside. And, but that kind of thing works. You can't, you know, James, it's James Wan who did Aquaman, correct? Yes. He tried hard. He tried hard to put his own, but that, that, that tone and that setting and everything, it just, it doesn't work. It works for Batman and that's it. But Mm -hmm. everything that Warner brothers has done is, is, is just copying, trying to copy something that has been successful and try to do it with other stuff. And that's what I'm concerned with for Thundercats. Um, I'm also concerned about Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe. Oh, I don't have any hope for that whatsoever. I mean, I understand Kevin Smith has an appreciation for He-Man, but I don't, I've seen a number of his movies. I've never once heard him mention He-Man being a fan of He-Man ever. Mm -hmm. And here we go. We're going, you know, his take on Daredevil, you know, the guardian devil storyline was a good storyline. Right. Um, his take on green arrow when green arrow came back in the comics was fine. Right. We got we got a nice little villain out of it called Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia, right? And but people threw fits about his Batman storylines. People threw fits about his Spider-Man storylines. And it Eesh. wasn't just the delays that pissed people off. It was what his choices with the characters were. And you're going to cast Alan Oppenheimer who is known as the voice of Skeletor. Skeletor. Mm-hmm. But you're not putting him as Skeletor. And Mark Hamill's fantastic. But Mark Hamill, you're just casting him because you can. Because it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. Right. Why is, I mean, you have Alan ha- Oppenheimer there. Why is he not playing Skeletor? It's like, I'm going to cast Kevin Conroy in a Batman animated th- film, but I'm going to make him Jim Gordon, not Batman. Oh, Jesus Christ. What he's done. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just don't, I, I think everybody, I don't think people understand Kevin Feige and how much of a fan he is. That he absolutely loves these characters because Hugh Jackman told a story about the first X-Men movie where he was on set and he had Kevin Feige sneaking him comic books because Brian Singer wouldn't allow them on set. Oh, that's right. I do recall this. 
and 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 Hugh Jackman says, I wouldn't understand this character the way I do if it wasn't for Kevin Feige doing that. Right. People don't understand how much of a fan Kevin Feige is. And I think that's why the MCU works the way it does. And all these other We're we're expecting that out of them, but studio heads are just like, what name can we attach to this? Uh, right, you know. One name that got dropped a, a couple times today. Well, let's just go ahead and get into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we're going to spoil the crap out of this, people. So if you haven't watched it, too bad. Stop so listening now. Because we're going to, I think, what, the last three episodes? I don't even remember where we left off. You know what? I don't even remember. So I'm just going to, when we re- do our quick reviews, I'm literally just going to talk about things that stand out to me. That's that's pretty much it. Go for it. Go. All right. So number one, Sharon Carter, welcome back. We've missed you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've seen some theories about her being the power broker. Uh I think she's doing the Nick Fury double agent thing, if I'm being completely honest, if I'm going to do a whole conspiracy theory on it. Uh, I love seeing, and I'm going to go out of order here, guys, so just bear with me. Uh, I love Dancing Zemo. I've been talking about <laughs> it all week. Uh, since, la- And then they released the, the Zemo cut of one hour of him <laughs> dancing. And shout out to Marvel's YouTube page. You know, they understand meme humor. Uh it reminded me when I used to try to dance when I was younger, and then I realized I had to stick to chair dancing because I, I, I've I've just got to give a big hand to Daniel Brühl. I love him, man. Is he that, has, I love his performance. He has since Civil War. Mm-hmm. It was like okay, you know, he's been the best villain not named Loki or Thanos. Yes. Correct. Um, in the MCU. Carl, how do you right. feel about that? Did we lose Carl? I think we did. Carl, did you fall asleep? He did. I think he did. He did. Carl. <laughs> Carl, are you asleep? We lost Carl. <laughs> Carl. Hold on. Yeah. We're leaving the. Did you fall asleep? I think I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are leaving this in because it was great. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought he did fall asleep about five minutes ago because I heard. <laughs> so I thought either A, he has sleep apnea or B, he fell asleep. And he's got, he's got that sleeping disease, that 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 narco sleepy. <laughs> yeah, my bad, dude. I, that, that snuck up on me out of nowhere, man. <laughs> Oh, okay. Since he fell asleep, let me. I'm gonna delegate my time to him. I'm gonna delegate my time to him. We're talking <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Carl. Uh, I started off for about two minutes worth of Zemo and uh, Agent Carter talk. I mean, uh, Sharon Carter talk. So I'm gonna let you have the floor and give your two cents before we lose you again, just in case. You <coughs> won't lose me. Um, uh, no, I love the show. We talked about the first episode, right? At least. I'm not even sure where we started, but no, Damien was talking about dancing Zemo and and how we've we've just appreciated Daniel Brühl as um, Zemo 
And so, Carl, Zemo's Carl, real fast. Okay. Really fast. I wasn't going in order. I was just talking about things that stood out to me. So mm. you don't have to worry about chronicling it, you know, in chronological order. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about that since the first episode says I was out. And then we're, yeah. So, uh, so far, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I Honestly, I mean, it really feels like, um, you know, Winter Soldier or Civil War, like, you know, that, that Captain America kind of feel and presence to those movies is very much there, even though Captain America isn't present, but yet he feels present, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. Every time like they he, say the name Steve, I automatically think of Steve Rogers. So, like, like yeah. he's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really trying to see what the Flag Smashers really turn into. Are they the real villains or not? I see that girl's obviously going down a wrong path. Yeah. Um, but are they the real villains? I don't know, but I, I think she is. I don't think they are as a organization. I think she is now turning down that path. Yeah, she's getting a little extreme. Uh, you know, taking it past what they all originally um, set out to do. Um, uh, it's interesting to watch this and and see a very grounded threat. You know, a threat that you can relate to the real world. Because mm. let's be honest, the last threats we saw were, you know, obviously Thanos and an intergalactic army. Yes. And and then, you know, you know, I mean, obviously I always forget about Far From Home. But, you know, we did see you know, I mean Mysterio wasn't a global threat. He was a localized threat, but it was like, oh, this is so far fetched, it doesn't matter. And then you have Agatha Harkness in WandaVision. But now it's like, okay, there's a group of people who are trying to do something here. And it's very similar to what it, it's very grounded in the real world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Baron Zemo has just been a delight since he. <laughs> that is on. a great descriptor. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, just when you thought that, like there was a villain you like love to hate, like in Thanos, they come out with Zemo. And he's a thousand times better, more enjoyable than Thanos. Z- Zemo's going to give Loki a run from his, for his money by the time this is all over. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I know everybody made a meme of that Zemo dancing in the club, but, like, it's such a great moment. Uh, and it's just like, was there ever anything like that in the MCU before? I mean, there, I guess. A dancing Zemo? <laughs> Drax, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Drax, like, it's just like, it doesn't take you out of the story, but it's almost like a, ah, moment, like, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh my god, that's great, like, because you don't see characters, like, plus, I guess, because he's a villain, like, you know what I mean? He, he's going, the, the other shoe's going to drop with him. 
It yeah. started today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, well that that whole he, I mean, he's the love child between Tony Stark and Loki. Yeah, that's Ooh, a good way to describe it. That's a good way to describe <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Madripoor, like. Man, that looks like a crazy city to go visit. You kind of want to like have like just like go there for a little like hang out. I personally bit. don't want to die, so I'm not going there. But well, yeah. Funny thing about Madripoor is we were watch when we were watching Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. I can't remember which order they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Godzilla's going to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. My oldest goes, "Is that is that Madripoor?" I was like, no, that's no. He wasn't going to Tokyo. He was going to Hong Kong. He's like, is mm-hmm. that, is that Madripoor? I was like, no, that's Hong Kong. That's a real place. <laughs> right. Um, but that was that was cool. John Walker, fuck that yeah, guy. Yeah, and I, I think that really it is a testament to um, I forget his name, Kurt Russell's son. Because uh, USA agent Russell. Wyatt Russell, like yeah, you're not supposed to like USA agent. Well, oh. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, in the comics, like he's like incredibly despisable, and yet he's a good guy in the comics. But he just like he's not like he's like the anti Captain, not the anti Captain America. It's just he, his methods are very questionable and stuff. His like, methods are in line with. Almost fascist America, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we're America, you got to do what we want, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's very not Captain America like. Um, Steve Rogers. Yeah, and um, and that's how he's in the Cossack in the in the in the comic. Like you just like hate him. Like you're just like, oh, U.S. agent, this scumbag. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but yet he's a super soldier and supposedly a good guy. But um, no, he, he's playing the role perfectly. Um, I'm still, I, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the Steve Rogers old man cameo. I'm waiting for Dude, it. Wait, are we getting that? I'm waiting for it. Is that rumored? No. So okay, it's just you, something I want to see. So the Got showrunner fr- from this show has said there's not going to be any surprises like like that. Like the Evan Peters cameo. He's not going to lead people on with I mean and and the showrunner I, I think the showrunner for WandaVision, I think went into went into uh Went into this a little naive. She's like, mm-hmm. I didn't know people would think the engineer was something. It's like, have you not paid attention to Marvel? Um, <laughs> but the showrunner for this has said, has said, no, this is going to be very straightforward. Um, with with who's involved, and you will find some. You know, there will be some cameos, but it'll be like like the Rhodey cameo. It's like, oh, okay, there's Rhodey. Look at that. That makes sense. And um, the Dora Milaje. Yeah, the Dora Milaje were fantastic. But, Ross, it's not the first time they huh, said things oh. like this and tricked us. 
they say things and then things I, I happen. I know, I know, but this, this, you know, I, I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm, I think coming out and saying that is allowing people to enjoy it a little more. And you've got yeah. somebody like who you want to find out who the power broker is. Okay. The oh, power sure. broker instead of, oh, are we going to get a cameo from, from Magneto? Hurt? Are we going to get, you know, all that stuff? Is it going to be Dr. Doom? You know, are we going to get Dr. Strange? You know, we do know we, we might see, you know, they have said this ties directly into Black Widow. So we might see Florence Pugh in this. Hmm. I've heard we're going to see Thunderbolt Ross, hopefully. And that's, that's also possible. I mean, it's. He is a secretary of defense, or at least he was. And, and see this, the show has kind of made me want to see some Marvel that took place during the five years. I want to see. I want to see what happened between. Isn't that where Shang Chi is? I don't know. Nobody knows anything about Shang Chi. I think no. I think Shang Chi takes place during that five years. Does it? Yeah. I've heard rumors that it's supposed to be like a blood sport type deal. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, but I, I'm like, you know. When you look at the Star Wars universe, there's like unexplored parts of the Star Wars universe. If we're talking from episode one to episode nine, there's unexplored parts that I that people want to see. That that five year period right now in the MCU is something I want to see, mm. and and I don't know if we'll ever get it. Well, we're getting. I mean, we're getting it with Black Widow. No, we're not. We're not. Is it supposed to Black be Black Widow takes? Black Widow takes place right after Civil, Civil War. War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But the events That's part of, of the reason Widow... I stopped caring about it because it takes place after Civil War and not during that five-year hiatus. But the events affect the future events, not the endgame endgame events. Does that make sense? Mm. That's the only thing about Black Widow that concerns me is because she knows she dies. So, like, all these threats, like, you're not going to be ever scared for the character. Like, you know, she, like, you, we know how she dies. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, you know, I have no complaints about this series right now. I've, I, I mean, they have nice action pieces in each episode. From the big action pieces to, you know, just very small hand-to-hand combat. Um, I think seeing Sharon Carter work like she has is is something we've wanted to see. Yeah. And, and I, really... I think she bring, brought up the question. A lot of people brought up, like, okay, here's here's Endgame. Where's Sharon Carter? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. You know, we know Sam and Bucky were dusted, but who else in this cast was dusted? Was Walker dusted? Was was Carter dusted? Um, we don't know. They haven't. Did said. they reference if Zemo was Zemo was dusted? Yeah, well, was Zemo dusted, or did he just sit in that cell by himself for five years? But then again, when we go back to Wandavision, and when we call Photon comes back, she comes back yeah. in the same exact spot. She was dusted in, so maybe right. he was dusted and woke up in the cell again. But we don't get a reference of that. We don't get a mention of that. Right. Mm. And we got a name drop from Shuri in this episode. Yes. 
Yeah, we did. We did. By the way, that deactivation code is amazing. By the way, the fact that she knew AO knew to deactivate the arm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. Oh, uh, I I cackled. I went, oh, so they knew what they were doing when they gave him that arm. Okay. They they hedged their bet just in case. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, like, and, and did you know how they could that could do that? And he goes, No. No. Like, <laughs> I like how bu- both Bucky and Sam were like when when John Walker was like, oh, come on. He's like, you don't have jurisdiction when he was having his face to face with the door Milaje, And they're just mm-hmm. like, you don't want to do this. <laughs> you really don't want to do this. Yeah, when when Sam said the only thing you're running in here is your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you may be Captain America, but you are only running your mouth. That's about it. Uh huh. That's right, Sam. You let him know. Let him know he ain't real Captain America, jackass. <laughs> All right. Can I go back on my little tirade yes, real fast? Yes, go. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Sharon Carter, welcome back. I like that she's now this tweener uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or maybe she's deep, deep, deep Nick Furian type cover. Because apparently one of these conspiracy theorists said she's using the same phone that Nick Fury used in... Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, so whatever. Uh, people are saying the power broker might be Thunderbolt Ross. Maybe mm. in order to do the Thunderbolts, he might be the power broker in this case. Uh, I wouldn't be and surprised. He was, he was obsessed with Super Soldier with Serum. With the Super Soldier Serum, and that's you know a pretty plausible idea. I don't believe the power broker is the Mandarin. I don't understand why people are coming with that, but whatever, I guess because of Madripoor, they're thinking, oh yeah, the Mandarin. Uh, no. Uh, I do love the weaving of all these personalities. You have Sam. You still have Bucky trying to rectify his past. Sam trying to live a normal life while giving up the shield. You have Zemo out of prison. Finding out Zemo's rich, which we all knew in the comics, but if you don't... We didn't know if the MCU was going to give him the Baron Zemo moniker as opposed to just right. Zemo. Um, yeah, you know, someone was saying he is the MCU version of evil Batman because he has a butler, he's rich, you know, and he's a tactician, blah blah blah. I just thought it was, thought it was funny that he had his own butler waiting at the plane, and I thought, how long has the effing butler been waiting for Helmet Zemo to come out of prison? <laughs> like, has he been standing on the runway for five years? Uh, I love the referencing of t- of King T'Chaka. I love seeing the Dora Milaje and, and piecing all these together. You know, the Shuri name drop notwithstanding, seeing that the White Wolf, is, they're saying, look, we love you, dude, but you're really crossing the line here. And because we love you, we're going to let you have this for eight hours. You know what I mean? Sort mm. of like when Ross told Tony, you got 12 to bring in Steve, you know? So it was a little bit of a, for me, like a little bit of a callback. The Flag Smasher just mantra interests me because I know in in the comic, it's one man, you know, Flag Smasher. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Carl Morgan, something or other, but Morgan's having out. it be Carly and having it be a organization sort of like, you know, Hydra or Cobra or something like that, uh, do the ends justify the means? There's a lot of moral gray in this series. And I think mm-hmm. that's 
kind of what I took, what I'm taking from this. There's a lot of moral ambu- ambiguity that we didn't have Steve Rogers do until Infinity War, until the end of Civil War, where the Secret Avengers, you know, were a thing. And you and I said, I think we said this in the first episode, seeing all these quote unquote heroes and villains be treated like people where you get to see the ins and outs of their existence and their life, their trials, their tribulations, their tribulations, you know, Sam getting rejected for the loan, but the creepy guy saying, Hey, can I get a selfie with you anyway? You know, Bucky trying to make amends, Becky, Bucky trying to go on a date, Zemo eating regular food and trying to feed everybody for some odd reason. Have you noticed that Zemo's always trying to feed people? Mm-hmm. Since he got yeah. since he got out, he's always I trying to feed Sam. He's a I think host. That's gonna come back. Oh yeah, of course. And and I'm thinking, is it poisoned? Like my paranoid mind is thinking, is it poisoned? Is he trying to kill them? And then having the uh, what they call him the uh, the El Chapo, the tunnel in today's episode. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was great. And yes, dancing Zemo is amazing. And yes, Daniel Bruhl is amazing. But I'll go back on what I said earlier this episode. The acting on these Disney Plus shows for the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been phenomenal. And it Mm -hmm. goes to show you that they're not just casting regular schlubs to do these roles. These are people who are thespians, who are actual actors and actresses, like who take their their roles seriously, Mm -hmm. mixing in with household names to give us a very rich story that we can get attached to and keep us watching. Yeah, and I, I think for the casuals, that's important. I think for us, it doesn't matter. It's the MCU. If it sucks, we'll tell you about it. But for the casuals who don't really know Helmet Zero, who don't really know the Winter Soldier aside from he was a villain and now he's a good guy. Right. This is a way to keep them all invested. And let, don't even let me get started on the Loki uh, trailer part two uh, <laughs> because I'm even more interested in the timekeepers. I'm even more interested in the TVA and Owen Wilson's character of Mobius and Mobius. I'm, I'm in, man. I am all about it. I am all in. So give me more. Put it in my veins. I can't wait for the next episodes. It, it, I think... And Carl, you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure you were awake before I... He's awake. He's awake. <laughs> <laughs> this, this would have been a great episode to have a video, because I would have just loved to see Carl just laying there, mouth open, drooled out. I pulled Orion. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, what I'm going to say is, you know, it's it's amazing how we've allowed Marvel, and I hope DC, Warner Brothers can take note of this. Mm-hmm. And we've we've allowed Marvel to restart their TV universe in a way mm. for yeah. a third time. This is the third time they've tried. They did network TV with agents of shield and agent Carter and whatever that abomination in humans was. Agent no. Carter. Agent Carter wasn't that bad though. That was like one of the shine more shiny um, things that they. Right. And I agree. I, I do like, I, I did. I, I, I thought that was probably the best of the three on network TV. And then they did the daredevil. Um, the defenders tried to do that on TV and it was, it was, 
is it parallel? Is it not parallel? What What is going on here? And I think for a time it was canon, but it just, it got a little too, I don't think they were on the same page with the MCU. And so they just, they kind of put the kibosh on it and they're, not, they're, it, they're, they're doing a, we're not saying it didn't happen, but we're not saying it did approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with this restart with both WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think this is what we wanted Marvel TV to be. Right. Um, this is what we wanted from Marvel TV. We wanted stuff we knew was connecting to the MCU. We wanted stuff we knew that was a part of the bigger picture. And I know we've got Wanda, we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the next one's Loki. I'm not sure what's after Loki. Well, we are. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how a new character fares. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like a She-Hulk or a Moon Knight. I'm looking forward to those too. Well, I, I know I am too, but it, it'll be interesting because, you know, we know Wanda, we know Vision, we know Falcon, we know the Winter Soldier, we know Loki. We're being introduced to these new characters like Morgenthau, like Agatha Harkness. Like and 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 Owen Wilson's character, I, I Mobius. We're we're being introduced to new characters through old characters we know and love, right? You know, characters not not really, except outside of Loki, and 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 Bucky, characters that have almost been there since the beginning. And and the legacy and the legacy characters of. Um, because Stark was mentioned a couple times in in WandaVision, and 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 Cap's been mentioned a lot here, and I think Loki will have a heavy reliance on mentioning Thor. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned those legacy characters, like Moon Knight's really going to be the first one where we may not have that mention of a legacy character, because She Hulk's going to have Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth in it, so. Hmm. I, I I just I, I we've allowed Marvel to do this. So DC, please take note because right now your cinematic universe is a mess. And and we will allow you, the fans will allow you if you have a plan to start over and make billions and billions of dollars like like Disney has with the MCU. Hmm. Um so before we go, actually, I do have a I saw a theory, and I don't like to go down too many rabbit holes with theories right. regarding the Snyder verse and whether or not uh, Whedon verse is a thing. So apparently, there's this theory going out where Aquaman is in the Whedon verse Justice League, <laughs> and the Nightmare oh is is the Whedon Justice League, the actual Whedon uh, cut, so to speak. So that Nightmare that we see. Where you know Lois dies and Superman becomes you know evil Superman, whatever. That version of Justice League, that Whedon cut, is what we what turned into the nightmare. What turns into that? Whereas when Flash now goes back in time, that is now the Snyderverse going forward. When we do Flashpoint, Reddit's a wonderful place. 
for mm-hmm. kooks and crazies. Actually, that was um, YouTube. <laughs> that was film theory. Um, so I, I, um, I saw a meme somebody made about, you know, because the, they they did mention Steve Rogers and they have mentioned the Shield a lot, and what the shield stands for and what Steve Rogers as, as a paragon means for the MCU, the the world as the MCU world. And somebody said the greatest example was standing there on the battlefield, facing down Thanos and his army, not knowing he was going to have backup with a broken shield and Mjolnir. And he was right there ready to face him down. And I'm going to be honest. I'm like. What character development. What a what a lot of character development we've had. With that character. And. And it's a shame. It's an it's an absolute shame. We have a character like Superman. We have a character like Wonder Woman. That we don't feel the same way about. And we could, we could have more characters like that in, in film and in TV. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the Russos and it comes from Kevin Feige having a clear understanding of who these characters are and what they right. stand for. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of seeing that too, in a way in, in, in star Wars with Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau, they have an understanding of these characters. They have an understanding of where they come from. And it's not like you don't have a director sitting there going, well, that's not what I I got out of it. It's not what I, you know, when, when a director starts using, I saw this when I, you know, when we're talking about a big franchise movie. And. And and try as we might, there there is a place for art house movies. There is a place for directors and writers to go and and craft their art. But I don't think a lot of people understand that these franchises, the MCU, Star Wars, Transformers, GI Joe, we talked about it earlier, that these franchises mean so much. To so many people And not Just and, and these people are all all different They have different political beliefs They have different Backgrounds lives. Mm-hmm. They have different lives Their skins are different colors They love different people Than Than, than the norm Or what society d- Dictates as the norm Or what we've always dictated as the norm or, or what's conventional and these characters mean so much to so many people when you you see a director saying well i wanted to do my vision and i get to do my vision you've lost a majority of your audience agreed and kevin feige i believe and I've heard in interviews, he, he says, th- these, these characters, he, he said what I've said. These characters mean so much to so many people, and we want to do them justice for everybody. We're not going to please everybody, but we want 
a majority of people to say, that's my cap. That's my Captain America. Um, And I think seeing the legacy of this character and what this character, this is uh, Captain America. You can argue is the main character of this show. He is because his legacy looms so heavy over it. Actually, you know what? Let me ask you this. Is yes. Captain America the, the main character or Steve Rogers? I think one they're one and the same. And I think well, that's I, something, you know, we say, you know, nobody can ever play Iron Man again because Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Right. And to a point, that is true. And for a long time, we said that about Superman. Nobody can play Superman. Superman's Christopher Reeve. I think in the MCU, Captain America isn't Captain America without Steve Rogers putting that mask on and wearing that shield. That's my opinion. That's fair. Because I feel like the reason why I ask is because I feel like every time we turn around, it's about what Steve meant to the shield as opposed to what the shield meant for Steve. Right. So for me, when I ask if Steve Rogers is the main character here, that's what I mean. It's Steve's legacy. It's not Captain America's legacy. He just happened to be Captain America, but he was always Steve Rogers. For me, it's like, and I'll put this in an interesting, Carl, you still awake? I think we lost Carl again. Uh, we got to wrap this up before. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just put it this way. Dwayne Johnson is mm-hmm. always going to be the Rock. Uh, you can't make that same. Mm. Okay. Can I? Go ahead. Can I? Okay. okay. How about, okay. How about how, or or Stone Cold Steve Austin is Steve Williams? They're the they're one and the same. Or does that not work? It it works on a realm of when people say the best wrestling characters are you turned up to 11. So you are correct in that Steve Williams is a souped up version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dwayne Johnson, the rock is a souped up version of Dwayne Johnson. You know what I mean? I, I think when you talk about Steve Rogers though, you got to go back to the first Avenger. Well, the reason he became, quote-unquote, Captain America is because he was Steve Rogers. Right. And we've seen on this show, just because you're Captain America, John Walker, doesn't mean you're worth your, your weight. Well, and I think, I think what I need to clarify is when I say Captain America, I mean Steve Rogers. I don't mean got John you. Walker. Okay. If I'm going to so refer to good. John Walker, I'm going to refer to John Walker as John Walker. We're good. He's not okay. Captain America. <laughs> We're good. Um, he's just a marketing ploy. Yes. You, I, I don't America. think you can separate the name Captain America from Steve Rogers. Much like it's very hard to separate Superman from Clark Kent. Superman okay. is who he is because Clark Kent was raised the way he was. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Yes, it's like Goku's Goku because of how he was raised, not because he was Kakarot. So yeah, wow. I get now, it. Now you're going now you're going and bringing up 
freaking Dragon Ball Z. We got to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to end on it. And since Carl is asleep, we can't do his uh, outros. Wake up, <laughs> sorry, guys. Carl, right, do your Damian. outro. Damian. All right, we have been the Nerdicons. <laughs> Carl's fell asleep twice. This, this is a, the greatest episode we've ever done. Uh, it, um, it I think thing. I just, I, I have three different the episode titles and i don't know which one i'm gonna go with um i fell asleep on <laughs> ninja versus ninja carl takes a nap or we're the greatest episode we've ever done um we are the nerdicons you can find us on twitter and instagram at nerdicons pod find us on your favorite podcast at rate review subscribe uh help our algorithm um damien plug your stuff Please help the algorithm. You can find me on all your social medias at Damon G Show, Twitter, as well as Instagram. Uh, I do cartoon reviews on my Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash Damon G Show. I did He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I've done Rambo this week, the G-rated Rambo. I've also done the past Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and the like. I take cartoons from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and review them for the general audience uh, to see if I get past the intro and how good it's going to be. I also contribute to the Big Gold Bell podcast, uh, part of Big Gold Bell Media, where we take a more intellectual approach to talking about professional wrestling every Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, That's pretty much 9,374 other shows I do. I contribute to Mike B News for Free Play Arcade, Free Play, their twitch.tv slash Free Play Arcade. Find me there Monday through Friday. And the first Tuesdays of the month, you'll find me doing play-by-play for their Street Fighter tournaments in-house called Stunday ST Unday, uh, where I do literally six hours of play-by-play of Street Fighter. So that's what I do, and thank you so much for having me, y'all. And remember, kids, just because you can make money off of intellectual property doesn't mean you need to make it. Looking at you, Michael Bay. See you next week. (laughs) Take us home, Carl. All right, like Russ said, uh, you can find us at Nerdicons Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram um, uh, uh, under uh, Echoes Dork Den. Also, check out me and my friend's Toy Photography page, known as Plastic Addicts. Also, check out a uh, toy photography group I'm in, TR4K Alliance. Go check them out. Um, a big uh, positive and supportive group. For not just members, but the uh, entire toy photography community. Um, and without further ado, uh, without snoring, without sheep <laughs> jumping overhead, I remember, remember everyone out there to keep your details dust free, your action figures. Oh man, I messed up. It's been a while. It's been a while. Let's try that again. Oh, Remember no. to keep your detox dust free, your figures posed dynamically, and your comics bag and boarded. Till next time, peace.